Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us life. We thank you, Lord, for your protection and guidance and your goodness to us. Father in heaven, once again, we want you to speak to us. We pray, Lord, that the words which we will hear now will be words that will cause us to rethink in our lives, to continue to make determined efforts to win the prize. Help us, Lord, that through these words you will heal us and bring us into a victorious Christian walk with you. Grant us of your spirit and grant us understanding. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, October 31 Laborers Together with God for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 Man cannot be towed to heaven. He cannot go as a passive passenger. He must himself use the oars and work as a laborer together with God. If you think you can lay down the oars and still make your way upstream, you are mistaken. It is only by earnest effort, by using the oars with all your might, that you can stem the current. How many there are as weak as water when they have a never-failing source of strength. Heaven is ready to impart to us that we may be mighty in God and attain the full stature of men and women in Christ Jesus. But who of you in the past year have been making progress in the way of holiness, who have been enabled to gain one precious attainment after another until envy, pride, malice, jealousy, and every evil stain have been swept away and only the graces of the Spirit remain. God will help us if we take hold of the help He has provided. Let Him take hold of my strength, He says, that He may make peace with me, and He shall make peace with me. Isaiah chapter 27 verse 5 This is a blessed promise. Many times when I have been discouraged and almost in despair, I have come to the Lord with this promise, and as I have laid hold of the strength of God, I have found a peace which passeth understanding. There are two grand forces at work in the salvation of the human soul. It requires the cooperation of man with the divine agencies divine influences and a strong living work in faith. It is in this way only that the human agent can become a laborer together with God. The Lord does not sanction in any one of us a blind, stupid credulity. He does not dishonor the human understanding, but far from this, he calls for the human will to be brought into connection with the divine will. 
He calls for the ingenuity of the human mind, the tact, the skill to be strenuously exercised in searching out the truth as it is in Jesus. Ye are laborers together with God. Amen. The title of today's devotion is Laborers Together with God. And our key text is 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 which says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. What does it mean to be a laborer? A laborer is not an idle person. A laborer works. But what work is God doing? Is For us to know our own work, we have to know God's work. God is trying to do something in us. And if we are laborers together with him, that means when he is working, we also will be working along with him. Amen. And this lesson is telling us that we are laborers together with God. The summary of it all is that God's work will not be complete, whatever work he is doing, unless we join him in doing that work. The devotion is charging us to understand that we cannot be saved in idleness, in a do-nothing attitude. We have to work with energy, with force. That is what the devotion is telling us. That if we must gain victories in our lives, then we cannot just sit down and say, Oh Lord, help me, I can do nothing of my own. And sit down there and then you are expecting God to do everything for you. The Bible passage is telling us, You must also work as God works. So let us look at some Bible passages to help us understand this. The first one is Philippians 2, reading from verse 12. And it says... Philippians 2 verse 12 Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. From here we see God's work and we see our work. Verse 13 says, God's work is He's trying to do something in us so that we can do His good pleasure. And what is the pleasure of God? What is the will of God? 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 For this is the will of God concerning you, even your sanctification. So the work God wants to do in us is a work of sanctification. God wants to sanctify us. But while he is working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure, we are bidding that we also should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So you see that God alone is not going to do the work in us. While we are taught that we must depend on God, like the Bible passage we read here that uh, is a very good promise to us is Isaiah 27 verse 5 that says, let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. That is God's promise to us, that if we take hold of his strength, we will make peace with him. But is it God that is going to take hold of God's strength? It is us who will do that work. We have our work 
to do. In another passage in the book of James chapter 4, reading from verse 7, we are told again what our work is. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, the Lord, and he will lift you up. All these things here is our work to do. Submit yourselves. It's not God who is going to submit you to him. You will submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. That is your work to do. And then the devil will flee. Draw nigh to God. How do we draw nigh to God? By Bible study, prayer, meditating on his word, contemplating it and sharing it with others. In that way, we are drawing nigh to God and the result is that he will draw nigh to you. These are things that are our work to do. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. What does it mean to purify your hearts? Purify your imagination. Control your thoughts. The things that dwell there. Cleanse your hands. That is, go away from sin. But how do you do these things? The foundation of it is submit yourself to God. That is the taking hold of his strength. Then he will give you further strength. But after he has given you the strength, it is still you who is going to strenuously exercise all your mental powers, your physical powers to use the strength he has given you to achieve what he wants you to achieve. It is not you who is working it at the end of the day. God is the one who works out our salvation. But how he does it is that he gives us the needed tools. After he has given you the tools, it's not for you to still say to God, God, I can do nothing. Oh, it's only you that can do everything for me. Come and help me do. Help you do what again? He has given you the mental capacity. He has given you his word. He has given you strength. Is he him that is going to exercise his strength again? Let us look at it physically. You have muscles. And then you say, oh, I can do nothing. Help Somebody should come and help me lift this chair. It is us who will lift the chair with the muscle that we have been given. It is not somebody else who will do it for us. Same thing. God gives us spiritual strength. He creates a way of escape whenever there is temptation. So it is spiritually God gives us strength. And it is then left for us to exercise the powers that he has given to us. Now, we have seen a few of the duties. I want to mention one here that says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Whenever I see that, I remember the case of Eve and the devil. When the devil came to tempt her and she kept on discussing with him. There is a way to respond to temptation and to the devil that he will not even come back again. When I look at the conversation that God had with Jeremiah, when Jeremiah was pleading for Israel, in the book of Jeremiah, reading from chapter 14 here jeremiah was pleading and just look at this plea from jeremiah jeremiah said in verse 19 has thou utterly rejected judah has your soul loathed zion why has thou smitten us and there is no healing for us we looked for peace and there is no good and for the time of healing and behold trouble we acknowledge O lord our wickedness and the iniquity of our fathers for we have sinned against thee do not abhor us for thy name's sake. Do not disgrace the throne of thy glory. Remember, break not thy covenant with us. Are there any among the vanities of the Gentiles that can cause rain, or can the heavens give showers? And not he, thou he, O Lord our God, 
Therefore, we will wait upon thee, for thou hast made all these things. This plea was a very touching one. Very, very touching plea. God is, um, Jeremiah was pleading with God not to re- reject Judah and told him that they, have for- they will forsake their sins. That's what he said. And he's begging God in verse 21, please don't abhor us. And he even said in verse 20, we acknowledge our wickedness and iniquity of our fathers we have sinned. But look at God's reply. Chapter 15, verse 1. Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward these people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. And it shall come to pass if they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? Then shall thou say to them, Thus saith the Lord, such as for death to death, and such as are for the sword to the sword, and such as for the famine to the famine, and such as are for captivity to captivity. What do I learn from here? You know, when we study the Bible, we learn God's character and how he deals with things. Jeremiah's plea to God was like a temptation to him, telling him to stop what he wanted to do. But the reply of God to Jeremiah was more like to kill Jeremiah's hope. God reminded Jeremiah of two people who can plead better than him, and that is Samuel and Moses. And he told Jeremiah, see, even if you add Moses and Samuel to this your plea and three of you join in the pleading, I will not still change my mind. What do you think Jeremiah will do after this? He will go. He did it with the devil when the devil came to tempt him when he was here on earth, when Jesus was tempted. The devil came to meet Jesus, but the reply that Jesus gave him was such a manner that the devil didn't attempt to talk to him again. When he told him, bow down to me and I will give you all this world. And Jesus said to him, using the scripture, and told him clearly, that is resisting the devil now. He resisted him in such a way that the devil knew that there is no hope with this person. I will not try it again. Let me just give him some space of time because right now, I can see that nothing is going to happen here. Jesus told him, get thee behind me, Satan. That's what he told him. First of all, he said, the, what the, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. And he told him, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, the devil left him. You see, when we are talking of resisting the devil and the energy, you see, this is what it means when the Bible says in Matthew eleven twelve that the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence take it by force. The, we are told we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. The violence we are talking about is the violence of the word of God where you push and press your way. The devil is trying to press temptations on you but you press him back and give him, you resist him in such a way that he knows that this person is difficult. As he is persevering, you also is, you are persevering. As he is not getting tired of tempting, you too you will not get tired of resisting. That is the forcing your way into the kingdom of God. And that's what this devotion is telling us, that we need that character. The Christian life is not made up of just these precious graces of the Spirit. There's what we call the precious graces of the Spirit, like gentleness, humility, meekness. But then there is that other grace of the Spirit that is needed in the Christian life. We, the, the graces that are like courage, force, energy, perseverance. You need moral stamina in order to pass through the difficulties and the discouragements that are in this Christian walk. 
And for you to have firmness, when you are met with temptation, you speak in such a way that the person who is trying to tempt you will know that there is no hope with this person. That is a forcing your way through now. That is how you force your way through into the kingdom of God. So, in resisting, there must be scripture. That is what you will do. You don't expect God to do that for you. That's what this devotion is saying. We must put in our effort by ourselves. I want to read something here that talks about this kind of effort and how it is put. It says in the book Paulson's Collection, page 345, says, Oh, we must be terribly in earnest to impress every soul that there is a hell to shun and a heaven to be won. Every energy of the soul must be aroused to force their passage and seize the kingdom of heaven by force. Satan is active and we must be active. Satan is untiring and persevering and we must be. This is no time now to make excuses and blame others for our backslidings. No time now to flatter the soul. If circumstances had only been more favorable, how much easier for us to walk the work of God. We must tell even those who profess the truth that they must cease to offend God by their sinful excuses. Jesus has provided for every emergency. If they will walk where he leads the way, he will make rough places plain. Before that, there was a place that says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many I say unto you shall seek to enter, but shall not be able. Darling, cherished idols will have to be given up. The sins that have been indulged in, even if it comes as close as the plucking out of the right eye or cutting off the right arm, must be removed. Arouse. Force your way through the very armies of hell that oppose your passage. This is just what encapsulates what this devotion is about. We must force our way through. As God is working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure, we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We must make determined efforts. As the devil is untiring, we should not get tired also. As he is persevering, we also should persevere to continue to seize the kingdom of God by force. And what does this force mean? It means that when there are some times you need to make some radical decisions just so that you seize that kingdom of God. That is what he means when he says the violent takes it by force. Who is the violent? The violent is that person that quits his job. Hmm? Because he has seen that every time he goes to that job. I'm just giving an example. You must not do that. But there are some radical decisions that people make just so that they can make it to the kingdom of God. He just quits the job because he has seen that this job, I cannot cope with it and still continue to keep the commandments of God. And he says to himself, the temptation here is great. I know someone who left school. And as I say this, some of you may say a very wrong decision. But listen, this is what it means to seize the kingdom of God by force. He left the university, although it was a polytechnic. The reason he left was, he said... I cannot cope with the temptations I'm facing there. The things I'm seeing, I know myself and I know my weaknesses. I have to seize the kingdom of God by force, is basically what he was saying. And he left. The reason is, I'm not strong enough to withstand the temptations that I have been facing there. This is what, these are the, act, these are the actions 
the courage and energy that one has to do some things that others are not able to do just so that they can make it into the kingdom of god that's why it says it may come as close as cutting your eye for some people now as i've said this thing they're thinking eh, you quit school for what that is the plucking out the eye we're talking about some cannot do it some can they, they, they push they put the energy into the work and they get what they want because they know the price that they are going for so god is telling us put that energy but there is this question in the devotion that is really really challenging which i would want to reiterate we are asked in this devotion but who of you in the past year have been making progress in the way of holiness who have been enabled to gain one precious attainment after another until envy pride malice jealousy and every evil stain have been swept away and only the graces of the spirit remain wow as i went through that question i started examining my life and i said what victories have i had recently am i regressing or am i progressing there needs to be a taking of stock in our life and we ask ourselves am i growing or am i falling from what i was before but I, that question is personal, so I can't answer it for everybody. I can only answer for myself. But I would rather like to talk about how to gain these victories. There's no how you are having humility and still be proud. You must come close to Christ, and the more you, the nearer you come to Christ, the more you see your faults, the more you get grace to overcome them. Envy, pride, malice, and even much more than that. Critical, maybe having a critical spirit or even the fleshy, the, the, the fleshy sins like uh, indulgence, food indulgence in appetite or even fornication, lying, all those kind of things, they, they still need to be overcome. And we must take stock and tell ourselves what I was last year and what I am this year. Is there any difference? If there's a difference, is it a positive difference or a negative difference? That's a question we need to ask. But to make a positive difference, we must do what I read in the book of James. Submit yourself to God. Draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. Purify your heart. That is the way to grow in grace. I pray that God will really help us to do our own duty. Force our way through. Be determined. Don't give up. Don't give up. Continue pressing forward. As the devil has not given up, you should never give up. If you give up, he will take hold of you. Don't give up continue to make determined efforts to seize the kingdom of god by force in jesus name Amen. in addition the fourth paragraph speaks of a situation which i'll call an emotional disturbance sometimes our minds may be disturbed we have feelings we cannot tell where they are coming from we have emotional disturbances we cannot trace where this is coming from or where that is coming from or what may have caused it sometimes people wake up in the morning they feel like they are burdened with cares they cannot tell or trace we need to exercise our minds by the strength of god the promise here is let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me the writer says many times when i have been discouraged and almost in despair i have come to the lord with this promise i find it that sometimes 
the mind is beclouded and it seems like someone is is sitting on your mind or thoughts are sitting on your mind the solution to the problem at that time is not to give your mind over to those thoughts no matter how discouraging they may be the solution is go to the lord in prayer i thank god there is an arm there is a help in god everything does not depend on us we are not just the whole solution to our problem in the sense that okay let me see there is something within me that i can i can depend on there is nothing at this time go to god to cast away the cloud of darkness that is holding or beclouding your mind feelings that's why the reading was talking about envy unnecessary feelings can just come out from nowhere jealousy uh, lust pride anger can just come up from nowhere and terrify your soul and want you to i mean change the countenance of your face and make everywhere uncomfortable for everyone around you what do you do at these times don't allow your mind to sit on these things go to god in prayer again the writer says many times i have been discouraged and when i am discouraged and almost in despair i go to the lord with this promise let him take a hold of my strength at that time there is nothing in us that can withstand that pressure that cloud of darkness at that time there is nothing we don't need to sit down and wait or wish it away no it cannot be wished away we need to go to god in prayer to change our thought patterns because verily you're being tempted the last paragraph said there are two grand forces at work in the salvation of the human soul it requires the cooperation of man with the divine agencies the divine agencies is the promise of god the the holy spirit the angels they are by your side and they are waiting for us to ask and we are told that we have a never failing source of strength heaven is ready to impart to us that we may be mighty in god see i want to believe that everyone who is listening including myself should be acquainted with the fact that we are weak there is nothing good in us we we are not strong and if you think you are you can imagine in the case of peter just one little girl asked that mighty man peter a question she had no arms she had no weapons she just asked do you look like the disciple of jesus it was just a question and he fell flat see we don't need to be proven to it doesn't need to be proved we need to accept it by faith that we are as weak as water but my emphasis here again is that we have a never failing source of strength so the moment your feelings change despair comes upon you you'll be clouded by your sins or past on negative thought don't give it a second thought go to god in prayers in the secret chambers of your heart or your room ask for this strength that he has promised us in isaiah 27 verse 5 we are told we have a never failing source of strength because if you allow your thoughts to dwell on those negative ideas it will yield the fruit yes because by the, uh, the out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks if you allow your mind to settle on those things you will be produce fruits that are towards unrighteousness but we 
have this treasure in earthly vessels. So we have to ask God for the resource that's already there. This will make us really enjoy our work with God. And we will come back each day knowing that we have won the battle. This is the battle of life. This is the battle we need to be winning based on the promises we have been given by the word of God. The second point I want to make is with taking a hold of the privileges that we have in doing God's work. Laborers together with God. We have talked about our own selves. Now I want to talk about working for God in the field or for other souls. I'm reminded of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man of opportunity. In the book of Nehemiah 1, the Bible says that when he had the issue at hand, what was happening in his town in Jerusalem, he was moved. Now, a reading I have here said that Nehemiah and Ezra had a special work to be done. There are opportunities that God has for us to work for Him, which is not defined by our capabilities, but by what God can do through us. I read a quote here, Bible Commentary, Volume 3, page 113, paragraph 2. It says, Nehemiah and Ezra are men of opportunity. The Lord had a special work for them to do. They were to call upon the people to consider their ways and to see where they had made mistakes. For the Lord had not suffered his people to become powerless and confused and to be taken into captivity without a cause. In this work, before I continue, I want us to understand that in this work, we are now helping God to assist him to show others the way out. Having helped ourselves, having been delivered by despair and discouragement and our own sins, we have a work to now do to assist others who may be in despair, discouraged, fallen. It can be a family, it can be our brothers, it can be sisters. We now have a work to do for them. This same work has to be entered with the same courage, with the same steadfastness, with the same faith in God, which we had while we were wrestling with our own selves. So I'll continue the reading. The Lord especially blessed these men for standing up for the right. Now, listen. Nehemiah was not set apart as a priest or a prophet, but the Lord used him to do a special work. He was chosen as a leader of the people, but his fidelity to God did not depend upon his position. The Lord will not allow his work to be hindered. Even though the workmen may prove unworthy, God has a has men in reserve prepared to meet the demand at, that his work may be preserved from all contaminating influences. God will be honored and glorified when the divine spirit impresses the mind of the man appointed by God as fit for the work. He responds, saying, Here am I, send me. So there is a demand. God has men in reserve. I want you, I want myself to say, Yes, Lord, whenever, whatever, wherever. Men in reserve who depend on God 
Now, the resources that Nehemiah needed to do this work, we know very well he was just a cup bearer. He had nothing. But he prayed to God and resolved in his mind to obtain the necessary materials, implements, and all that were required to be, be required to assist him to do the work in Jerusalem. A cup bearer. How did he enter this privilege? We are told in Nehemiah that he often poured out his soul in behalf of his people. He prayed to God for an open door. And as he prayed, God allowed his mind. His mind was formed around the purpose. There are some things we will have to do for God which we do not we may not know exactly how it may be done but as we spend time in prayer a holy purpose will be formed in our mind nehemiah faced sambalat and tobias he faced opposition he faced hatred and bigotry but he passed through each of these situations depending on god when we are standing to do god's work the strength does not depend on us we need to be going back and forth to him for strength but we should not be afraid of failure because the one who has a work ahead of us has not determined his work to end in failure so i am bringing before us the case of nehemiah as a means of encouragement there are some things that we have to do for god that are way too bigger than us but here one thing i'm bringing out from here is we need to depend on god pray ask him for assistance the resources that that this young man nehemiah took to do this work None of them was in his coffers. He had none of it. But God gave it to him and he finished the work. The temple was built. He even exercised his mind to plan. Remember when the king asked him how many years will you need? He knew the exact year he will need years he would need for the work. He knew the he knew the papers he would need. He worked his mind. When God opened the door, he did not he did not sleep. Like, okay, God has opened the door. Let us just go through. Nothing will happen. He faced opposition. And that's why the reading is saying, we have forces that work. And so we should not sleep or think that we are not going to exercise our minds. Even though God has opened the door for us, we will have to exercise our mind. We have to do studies. People may misalign or malign rather people may malign our character misrepresent our intentions change our motives make th- make us as if we had bad intentions will are we going to stop the work of god because of the way people speak about us we are told that jesus was not elated by applause neither was he dejected by censure he had a purpose and people were giving him all sort of neg- negative remarks from the pharisees from his family from friends there were a lot of negative remarks but he was steadfast till the end understand the work we are doing and set your face like a flint of course this does not mean we're going to be arrogant and disrespectful but i'm saying in our mind we need to be determined what we are doing and set our face to get it done asking for the strength to get it done and not turn back till it is done may the lord help us in jesus name amen Thank you, loving Father, for the challenging words and questions that you have asked us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask now that you teach us to take hold of your strength. As we go through those questions, we wonder, have we been able to make any progress in holiness? Perhaps there's someone who is dejected. 
who is not making any progress, I pray, Lord, that you would help and encourage such a person that they will not give up in the battle. Give us more understanding as to what our own duty is in this labor so that we can be able to perform it. Help us, Lord, not to be weak as water, but to take hold of your strength and put effort necessary in our own behalf so that we can gain victories in our lives, so that we can be cheerful, happy Christians, knowing that we are progressing, that what we were before is not the same now because we have moved positively forward. Lord, comfort us, O Lord, and give us grace to continue in this race, to be untiring, to be persevering, to put all the energy and force necessary and take the kingdom of God indeed by force. Do this for us and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've praised. Amen.